you mentioned the the research, uh, which I, I know we're all excited to get our hands on here eventually. Talk about the why, you know, why go into this research, you know, and, and who participated in, in, in that sort of stuff. The goal, the main goal of the study was to discover the real difference between a luxury kitchen and the focus is on kitchen, um, a luxury kitchen and a nice high-end kitchen. Also, what does a luxury client want that a designer can provide and how can a designer track this clientele? All of which we kind of explore at the summit. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. We're circling back today with Pam McNally, the VP of Marketplace from the National Kitchen and Bath Association, NKBA, uh, ahead of a new event for the group. Um, Pam, as she dives into, and as we talked about briefly last time, they are getting ready for their Luxury Defined Summit uh, that focuses on the kitchen. And uh, as, you know, as we talk about here today, you know, it's centered around some research that NKBA recently did around luxury kitchen trends, um, or rather not trends, but just, you know, how things are going in the luxury kitchen space. And uh, really cool research, a really cool topic that um, shows really the differences between, you know, as from the design perspective, the, the design community perspective, what it's like to work with that, you know, luxury clients as opposed to, as Pam describes it, the high-end kitchen client. We also take the time to dive into the event, you know, what you can expect uh, as an attendee of the event and uh, everything they have going on and the future of it as well, you know, if there will be more summits and uh, things like that. So just always, I, I think, you know, when we get the opportunity to talk to NKBA and talk trends and talk research, uh, there's a lot to be learned. And, and Pam certainly brings a lot to the table, her and her team and um, everything they've got going on there. So always welcome the opportunity to have them on and, and chat with them about what's going on in this in this space and uh, you know what the retail community can learn from it as well. So it's just a, a great topic, one that we've been you know, looking forward to discussing with Pam and uh, we're ready to do it now. So let's just go ahead and dive into this independent thinking podcast with Pam McNally of NKBA. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast and uh, excited. You know, I looked back at our our podcasting publishing schedule and I, it felt like it had been a while, uh, Pam McNally, the uh, VP of Marketplace for NKBA, National Kitchen and Bath Association. And I, it felt like it had been a really long time since we talked, but you know, it's only been nine weeks since we published the NKBA episode with you. Wow. I, I feel COVID. <laughs> COVID makes everything drag. I tell you, it's crazy. But I, I appreciate you. we we apparently had enough fun last time that you did not mind stepping back on uh, with very good reason that we'll dive into. But uh, you know, glad to have you back. Thank you, Rob. I mean, I'm always excited. I love podcasts, and I particularly follow yours. So I appreciate you kind of letting me come on and spout a little bit. So thank you. Oh, not not a problem. And uh, you know, we're going to dive right in because I know um, you know we're talking right now just a, a short time ahead. You guys have a luxury event that I think you briefly might have briefly mentioned on our last uh, episode back you know a few weeks ago. But tell me about this luxury divine defined summit and uh, what what it's all about. So um, this totally new for us. It's called the NKBA Summit Luxury Defined. We're holding it June 23rd and 24th. Um, and really, you know, what it's all about, that's kind of a loaded question. Um, you know, if you think about the title, it kind of says it all. We, we, we chose that title because it's simple. Um, and we wanted to say exactly what we were talking about, which basically the changing definition of luxury. I think we all have preconceived notions of what luxury is. I do. I kind of focus on brand or people focus on price. Um, and our research 
after we did our research, it kind of showed that while those are still a part of what defines luxury, I don't think you can get away from it. There's been a shift, although, I, you know, to more intangible factors. And when I say shift, it's not an abrupt shift. I think it's kind of been a gradual shift to more intangibles. You know, when we talk about more space, more freedom, more experience, um, really more of everything that confines someone, say, on a budget. Uh, because the reality is for all um, intents and purposes, you know, budget is secondary because this consumer wants what they want and they're willing to pay for it. I think that's important to note too. Sure. I mean, we all know that budget's always going to be an issue, but it's secondary for this luxury client to get what they want. Um, and that's really what this is about is defining what luxury is today and how as a designer or someone who wants to service the clientele or get into this market, how do they do it and succeed? No, that, that's all. You mentioned the the research, uh, which I, I know we're all excited to get our hands on here eventually. Uh, you know, at at this summit and and see what it is, what it is that you guys have uh, discovered. But talk about the why. You know, why go into this research? You know, and, and who participated in, in in that sort of stuff. Great. Um, well, first, if you come to the summit, um, you get the research for free, which is normally, and I'm going to do a plug, which is normally <laughs> like two thousand um, dollars. And NKBA members are free, non-members pay 99, or unless of course, you know, they're a partner like yourself. Um, but, you know, to be honest, the head of our research, Trisha Zach has wanted to do this study for a while. Um, and she's been really chomping at the bit. She noticed before anyone, and I don't want to again say shifting, but this gradual norm has changed and wanted to do a qualitative study that would really dig deep with not only the designers who target the 1%, it's really the 0.1%, um, let me clarify, but also yeah. the clients themselves. So the goal, the main goal of the study was to discover the real difference between a luxury kitchen and the focus is on kitchen, um, a luxury kitchen and a nice high-end kitchen. Also, what does a luxury client want that a designer can provide and how can a designer track this clientele? All of which we kind of explore at the summit. To get the answers, um, just on how we conducted the study, it's qualitative, not quantitative. She sure, talked sure. with about nine designers and some of their clients for hours on video to get a really well-rounded and comprehensive feel for both about the term luxury, what it means to them, and you know what, what it doesn't mean, which might be even more important. Um, so finding out what luxury doesn't mean might end up being like the defining factor of this summit. So there were nine designers who participated all of whom are successful in the segment, segment were really very open about how they work and succeed. In fact, several of them pulled their clients in, which I said before, which I think is kind of amazing. And the clients were very open. Um, it was pretty eye-opening to hear them talk. But yeah. I think, you know, our recent coffee table book that we produced called The Luxury Kitchen kind of highlights the four areas that everyone felt defines luxury experience. It's personal, simplicity, and just beautiful. Right. We'll talk about, you know, I'm interested to hear you, you mentioned kind of the, the difference between high-end kitchens that I, I think a lot of people are seeing these days. And, and obviously within the last year, we know how much investment has been put into the, the home and kitchen in, in particular. Um, you know, what, what are some of those big differences between what would be defined as a luxury customer or some of, you know, a designer working with a luxury customer as opposed to the high-end kitchen customer? So, I mean, I think it's important. I mean, you know, well, you know, the luxury consumers like us, but they're not. And I say us because I'm definitely not a, in that uh, 0.1%. <laughs> hey, you and me both. <laughs> um, but first of all, you know, they definitely want what they want, right? Um, I mean, like all of us, we want what we want. But unlike the rest of us, they can actually get most of it because they can afford it. Um, I mean, we all want some level of personal service today, uh, but this client expects a uh, designer to take it to a whole nother level. That means, you know, white glove service. So as one of the clients said, you know, white gloves level of service, we wanted American Express 
not Holiday Inn. You know, get the plumbers out here fast. So when they want something, they want it now. You can't ignore their calls. If it's on a weekend or after hours, guess what? You better be picking up that phone. And it's not just about the work. Um, it's also about really knowing them. Um, they certainly don't want to be just another client in your roster. They're not another number. Um, you know, as Peter Salerno, who's the CMKBD, commented in the study, make it personal, know their names, their kids' names, who comes to visit, who comes to cook. People don't care what you know until they know how much you care about them. Trust is 80%, price is 20%, which I got to be honest, I feel that's like an amazing quote. Um, because for this client, it's not about the money. It's about the trust that they build with their designer. No, that that's really interesting to hear. And I mean, uh, everyone, I think, likes to think you know, that they, that that's how it works, but no, it's, it's for sure something that, you know, when money cliche as it is, money isn't an object, then it it becomes about more than that. And kind of, that's the, the way the, those are the things that they put more emphasis on or expect, I guess, out of their, the, you know, who they're working with, uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, you, you or I, if we were looking at a kitchen redesign. So, um, yeah, they're not going to pamper me. Let me tell you that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, no, that, I, I haven't done enough to earn the, that kind of uh, level of uh, you know care. But no, it's all right. Well, someday we can we can hope and pray or uh, you know wish. <laughs> yeah, and and the one thing I I do want to emphasize the biggest difference between the luxury client and just the average high end client, which I even hate saying the average high end client. <laughs> the luxury client isn't remotely concerned about resale value. It's about ensuring the look, feel, and function um, of the space is exactly tailored to the lifestyle and life stage. Because you know what? If they don't like it, they rip it out. Yeah, no, that that's a inter- really interesting point. Because I mean, I we talked about it the last time. How you know we looking at my own situation and what we're doing downstairs, and uh, that's one of the things you you think about. Like that, we were certainly thinking about. Like, well, what does this? We're putting in X amount into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. What's it do? What's the return for me? Uh, you know, if we ever decided to to move or uh, anything like that, but no, that that's an interesting way of looking at it. That's not something that that is very top of mind for them because they they if they're doing all this work, they certainly plan on making the most out of that kitchen that they're redesigning. Well, I think it also depends on how many homes they have, right? So you know, True. I mean, as we all know, that zero point one percent could have multiple yep. homes, um, and maybe this is their main abode or maybe it's not but at the end of the day they want what they want um and if they don't like it a they'll probably not be happy with the designer which nobody wants right and b they'll just start over where you and i i mean i'm pretty sure that if you didn't get what you wanted sure you complain but if they weren't gonna replace you're it, with it you're gonna yeah, you're living with it i'm living with it you and i both are living with it <laughs> all right so what was there uh some of the were there any unexpected findings anything that kind of shocked you, you guys as uh you're going through this research Well, I don't know if shock is the right word, but I think the biggest surprise, at least to me, um, was the very personal nature of the designs, Um, how the clients incorporated personal statements, collections from their travels. Um, In one kitchen, for example, the client wanted to incorporate souvenir tile from their honeymoons. The designer used it as inspiration for a backsplash. And at the other end of the spectrum, you know, there's a client that um, was struck by the sleek, clean lines, um, the overall simplicity of, say, German design kitchens and directed the designer, in this case, Nar Bustamante, to move the design in that direction. Um, and I think what, what really ties all these de- designers together is that they come to the project with no conceived, preconceived notions. They don't ever force the design that they've used in the past or try to go with the recent trend. There really are no trends. They look at this space, they take in the conditions, and they really listen to the client. Um, and then they try to create something unique and unexpected, and unique and unexpected that suits this client. So it may not be 
unique or unexpected to you and I, but it's what this client is looking for. So I think every client in this category wants something unique, um, but it's not for show. And I think that might, the other thing that was a little bit of a surprise, at least to me, was it's really done for them in a very personal way. It's not like I need this all out there to show everybody who and what they am. It really is to satisfy them and nobody else. Like it used to be, all right, put my sub-zero, put my huge wolf range on show. But in today, really, to be honest, it's got to be what I want. Um, and a lot of cases, a lot of it is hidden behind paneling in the pantry. Um, so it's really not about show. So they have a, their vision takes precedence over even products and features. Um, Interesting. And yeah, and they need the designer to realize that. I think what the, the key here is that the designer has to understand that, you know what, don't push a product, don't push features unless it fits with the vision of this very particular client. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And something you you touched on there was kind of a, the follow-up to this. And it almost sounds like it, you might've answered it already, but you know that you mentioned that trends aren't necessarily top of mind for the, these folks. Do that, does, does, obviously trends are something a designer will stay on top of and kind of know and, and be able to incorporate into other projects that they're working on. Do they, is there any use for doing that with these types of luxury products or is it very much, you know, just take the, the client's vision and, and work it into what they want? I think it's part of, to be honest, I mean, you know, if you look at the research and listen to the quotes and then talk, it, you know, you have to keep your mind open because obviously there are times when the client's going to come to you and ask your opinion. So when you talk to these designers, they tell you, you know, the secrets to their success are, you know, various, but one of them is, you know what, you really, really have to grow outside your field. So what that means is get inspired by other things, travel, architecture, study, jewelry, furniture, cars, and look at the shapes, forms, and curves, because some of that might inform you and be able to help you, you know, um, you know, do the vision that your client wants. So I feel like trends in and of themselves, whether it's white kitchen or, you know, whether you're, you know, it's using stainless steel, I don't think that's really what they're focused on, but they are focused on what's happening around them and how that can inform um, their work with the client to get to that vision. Are there any um, consistencies, I guess, would be the word across the luxury clients right now that, you know, are maybe, like you said, it's not necessarily white kitchen or, or certain uh, even brands or technologies, but is there any consistencies at all across, uh, you know, the, this type of client? I think when it comes to, I mean, I think there are a few things such as, you know, they're, they're into craftsmanship original and unique detail and can be small, it could be a knob, um, it could be cabinet hardware. Um, I think, again, being very personal, meaning that kitchen is very personal to them. It's personal to their to what they want, but also to their life stage. For example, Sarah Robertson did a kitchen that was for a young family. So what they asked is that a lot of, you know, everything hidden in storage, but also right. to have things at a certain level so that the children could access them. So, you know, there's a, a craft drawer, which by the way, I want myself. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Um, there's a craft drawer. I mean, so there's a lot of things that, um, that aren't, that are what's happening today, but they're not trends. They're more about lifestyle and life stage than they are about anything else. No, that, that's cool. It's, it's more light. If anything, it's lifestyle trends as opposed to like in the kitchen or, or appliance trends or things like that, that you, you know, you typically see, or maybe more so apply to that high end kitchen as opposed to the luxury kitchen. So changing gears just a little bit. I want to talk about the the designers themselves. Um, you know, what are, what are these guys are, do luxury designers have an opportunity to promote themselves in any different ways, uh, you know, than, than the rest of their uh, colleagues? 
you know, I'm laughing because, you know, I, I, another thing that kind of surprised me is that, you know, you always talk about word of mouth, word of mouth. And when somebody yeah. tells me oh word of mouth, I'm like, okay, so you're just lazy. But actually I would say in this case, you know what it is. Um, they even said, in fact, many of them are so busy. They don't need to do really anything. As one designer said, you can't hunt luxury. They'll run away from you. It's a tight knit club. You have to walk the life, take incremental steps with each client and the work finds you. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit, that would scare me a little bit, but I get their point because obviously it's a very refined group. You may not even be able to access to that group until you've, you know, you know somebody who knows somebody. Um, in fact, one designer doesn't even, um, isn't even on Instagram, uh, won't publish images, which in today's world, you wouldn't even hear. So we're talking about a very high level group that to be quite honest, isn't really swayed. Um, and really probably you need to hear from somebody who knows somebody before you hire someone. So no, right. I, I think that promoting themselves, the best way a lot of these designers feel they promote themselves is the work they do and yeah. how they establish trust with that client. No, absolutely. And I mean, you talk about word of, if you can have word of mouth marketing among that, that 0.1%, um, you know, you're talking about, they're talking to their friends and and they're coming into their kitchens and seeing the work that they've done. Obviously the, I feel like they're going to talk about who, you know, pass around contacts and things like that. And once yeah. you get that in, then you're, then you're set. Then you, you, you know, the, the work speaks for itself, if you will, where, you know, they don't have to be on Instagram or, or Pinterest necessarily to promote that work. Whereas, you know, they're the, the eyeballs that they want on their work are getting their eyeballs on that work from the friends and from that word of mouth marketing, which is, I mean, I mean like you said, it's scary to think about, but if, if you're working with someone in that space, then uh, the work itself speaks for itself. You know, there's that famous quote, if you have to ask about the price, you can't afford it. And I think a lot of them kind of feel that way. If you're looking on Instagram and you, you know, direct message or contact them and, you know, ask them, you know, what's the cost of that kitchen I see in the image, you know, they're probably going to say you probably you can't afford it because if you have to ask about a price, um, you know, these high end consumers, which are different than luxury, they're about checklists and dollar amounts, but luxury is about fluidity. Um, and it's, it's really not about the cost. No, I and crazy, but, uh, you know, very true. And I, you know, talk about marketing and different ways to market, uh, kind of an interesting segue into, you mentioned it already, but the luxury kitchen book, uh, mm -hmm. that you guys worked on, got a chance to flip through it. It's a, I mean, it's a gorgeous book and uh, lots of inspiring ideas for sure. And maybe that's a way to, you know, market some of your luxury work is to get inside this book because it is, it's impressive. Some of the the projects that are in there and uh, kind of, you know, shows what we've been talking about here on, on this podcast, but tell us about that book and uh, you know, how it came together and, and uh, the, the reason behind it. You know, it was really a team effort. And I would say to you, you know, if you think about luxury today, print is really a luxury, right? We all know that all of those print magazines um, that we used to love um, are either cutting back or going digital. Um, but really, we wanted to make a mark that felt luxurious and what better way in today's world than to publish a print book. I mean, it's, it, it is kind of almost like sinful. Um, it's called The Luxury Kitchen and it's oversized and glossy and it's a coffee table book. Um, you know, it's not for sale. We are not widely distributing. Um, you go to the, um, you know, you have a chance to, to actually win it if you go to the conference. Um, and, you know, but then again, think about it. The exclusivity is a sign of luxury, no? 
So I guess we did it because it felt right for luxury. And I have to say the team that worked on it did an amazing job more, I guess, you know, beat our expectations. No. And I mean, it's fair. It's one of those, you mentioned coffee table. It, it fits the bill perfectly, even flipping through digitally. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that the the images come through and just pop off the page and um, you know, it's kind of one of those inspiration. I could see this being a value to, potentially clients that are looking at this that want some inspiration themselves if they maybe don't have that vision per se in their head of what they want but also to you know the the design community to be able to see sort of what their colleagues are doing and uh, it I mean it's just all around impressive it's really cool to to flip through even digitally well I know don't worry I'm going to give you a copy I <laughs> the digital link because we don't have any copies we only have like five so I'm sorry, my bosses get them first, even before me. You're going to get a copy, don't worry. No, that, that's cool. I, but it's also like to to see the different styles and kind of how, you know, you, you kind of get a sense of kind of counterpointing what we were talking about earlier, how there really aren't, and, and to your point, there aren't trends that, that you know, this client, this level of client really, um, you know, that they have. They kind of like these pictures that are in this book show that, whatever vision they have, they're clearly, you know, working hand in hand with their designer to, to make what they want come true for their space, whether it's, you know, some of these, it almost looks like a, a cabin, some of these designs where like everything looks like it, the, the cabinets were cut off of a tree, <laughs> like right. no finishes, you know, no clean finishes. I it just like to see that, you know, then you flip the page and it is just these glossy, uh, you know, flat cabinets and, and things like that. It's just, and I, I, now I'm seeing fuzzy, fuzzy oh God, uh the, the bench of the seats yeah yes. the uh, the, the bar stools yeah. <laughs> i mean crazy. everyone is different um yeah. you know and i think that's what's important to note is that every one of those kitchens was the their direct like vision of the client and i think what's what another thing that came out loud and clear in the study is that all these clients what they said was you know what you can't do this on your own you need a designer and I know we've all made the mistake of thinking we can do the DIY, let's, you know, get up the YouTube, right. how-to video. Um, but at the end of the day, when you're doing these type of kitchens that are 250,000 plus, you know, um, I'm sorry, you can't do it yourself. No, no way at all. And uh, it just shows the value of, you know, obviously uh, having a community like NKBA where you guys can come together and, and help identify the, the designers that are best for suited for these kinds of projects because they are, they're impressive. So. I, I want to take it back to the summit, though, uh, to the the luxury defined summit, and tell us, you know, a little bit more about it. What what can people expect that will be there, and and then kind of what's the the plan moving forward for for this event? So um, I think you know we you look we all know that you know Zoom um, it's a Zoom conference, but we're trying to make it as interactive as possible. There's going to be you know video interactivity, um, giveaways. We're trying to make it fun. I know it's luxury. So most times people think luxury stayed silent, but we're trying to make it fun. But you're also going to learn something. So not only do we have um, the designers, you know, nine of them that will all be there, um, you know, talking about their story, talking about how they became a luxury designer, what the secrets to success are. We're also going to have experts talking about, you know, who is this client? So we have our qualitative study, which is, you know, our designers, thank you. And then we also have you know, we're looking at the quantitative part, which is talking about the demographics, the psychographics, who is this client? What are they like? How have they changed in the last several years? So we'll have experts talking about that. Um, And then there'll be panels where there'll be Q and A. And then, like I said, interactivity, Um, you know, asking the audience to kind of ask questions, maybe pull them in. Uh, Love to see people that are part of this, that are the audience. So 
and I feel like it's going to be a, a really well-rounded uh, conference. And here's the thing, no session is going to be longer than like 30, maybe 40 minutes. And that includes q and I mean, I think we all know, you know, don't, don't make me sit for an hour um, and just watch a talking head. Um, and there'll also be a lot of images. And like I said, video. Um, and then like, it's only like each day, it's like one to four. Um, so again, a lot of, a lot of content, um, into four hours, you know, four to five hours. I mean, and you know what, you don't have to come to watch the whole thing, but I would definitely say, you know, come to watch the designers talk about their success, um, about the clients they work with. And actually some of the clients will be there. So they're also going to be talking about what they expect. Wow. No, that, that's awesome. And it certainly, you know, as we sit here, what, 15, eight, 16 months uh, into a panel, we're finally getting how these things should go, <laughs> how yep. these events should should yes, happen. And, and they're they're getting better. They're getting better, certainly. So I, I very much look forward to, uh, you know, being able to, to participate in this one. So, you know, what what do you see moving forward? Is this something that will continue? Do you guys plan on having more of these these types of summits? Yes, we do. Um, I think that we are, I mean, you know, NKBA summits are really um, an outgrowth of our research. And I think you know that our research is uh, very well respected. So this is a natural outgrowth of what Trisha Zach, who is our head of research, has been doing. So our next NKBA summit in the near future, um, we're looking at bathroom, right? So we just did NKBA um, summit, you know, luxury defined for kitchens, and this would be luxury defined for baths. So I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited about a book on bathrooms. I'm a, I'm a bathroom fiend. Um, so I think that'll be just as amazing. And then again, talking about, you know, the difference between, you know, again, the high-end client and the luxury client and what their expectations of the bathroom, which by the way, are probably hugely different. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm expecting bathrooms that are probably the, the square foot of my first floor. So I'm when I, my when house, I, I'm yeah, my right. house. It's probably like a bathroom, like two floors, you know, <laughs> split level bathroom. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh no, that's awesome. That, and something very much to look forward to, too, of, of course. So I know, uh, you know, it's always great to attend whether in person or virtually, it's been great to attend NKBA events and, uh, look forward to seeing the, the kitchen, the, the luxury defined summit for the kitchen. And then what you guys have coming as well. So for the bath, so Thank this is, uh, a lot to look forward to. I, you know what? I look forward to being on your podcast because I have so much fun. <laughs> and like you said, I mean, I get to chill a little bit and relax from my day to day. So thank you again. This is hey, no problem. If any, any time I can provide a break from uh, reality for a little bit and we can, you know, ponder what our luxury kitchens would like look like or luxury bathrooms, I'm all for it. So Good. I want a two, I want a two level bathroom. <laughs> All right. I, I, I like that. You know, I, I like where that's going. So we'll have to follow up when that's, when that comes around and we'll, we'll talk about, it. I'll bring some ideas to the table. <laughs> thank you, Rob. No, thank you. Awesome. And a, a huge thank you again to Pam for taking time, you know, just a few short days. It feels like ahead of her event to chat with us and, uh, I know her schedule has has been crazy busy, so for her to to spare any few minutes with us is uh, something that we truly appreciate. And um, hopefully, you know, you guys were able to get something out of it, and and you know, learn a little bit more about what it's like working with that luxury client. So um, appreciate Pam again taking time and chatting with us, and as always, appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast. And we will catch you next time.